You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round what is going on everyone and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast it is december 10th friday we are going to recap the thursday night football game between the pittsburgh steelers and the minnesota vikings and then we will preview the entire week 14 of the nfl slate but before we do that we would like to say we are a part of the pigskin podcast network uh you can follow them at pigskin podnet on twitter or you can search the hashtag tppn uh we all hashtag that as we go live they have got football baseball soccer hockey and even wrestling so they can cover all of your sporting needs check them out as again we are proud to be a part of that group uh before yeah, I'll save that. How are you guys doing on this uh, incredible Friday? You know, I'd have been doing better if the guy I'm playing against in my biggest money league uh, didn't have Ben because I had Cook and Jefferson and Deontay Johnson going. And then when the, the Steelers started making that comeback and Deontay came back to life, but then it was Ben getting all the stuff. So, I got 71 points out of the three of them, but he ended up with close to 30 out of Ben. So that was a little bit of a bummer, but I feel like I'm still, I'm, I'm in a win and I'm in situation is, is kind of where I'm at. So I, I feel okay going into uh, the rest of the week. Yeah. I already missed Jonathan Taylor uh, for, for week 14. I wish I had him. Uh, it's going pretty good here. We, we, Went and did a little bit. Our house project is officially done. I, I sent the final 
check. They finished uh, all the flooring and everything. I feel like uh, it's been the longest two and a half weeks. Uh, just kidding. It's really been like three months. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, also a little uh, little bummed out about the Demarius Thomas news. Uh, for those that haven't heard him passing away. Um, I know the Broncos have announced they're going to do a special tribute this week. Uh, you can look for a picture on Sunday, but I'm definitely going to be wearing my DT jersey on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to go to. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should do introductions first, and then we can talk about that before we get in the game. Because um, it, it's weird, right, when, when you think about stuff like that. I mean, you probably had a, a closer connection to him than we did, being a Broncos fan, him being one yeah. of the people, one of the players who, who brought a championship to – Broncos country, but it's weird because I've I've been such a big fan of his because I feel like we get so connected and we feel connected. We feel like we know these players when they help us win fantasy championships because that matters to us, especially if you're like those type A personalities, right, that you pretend like you don't take this serious, but you do. You want to win every single game. Uh, So it it really does suck when you see a guy and someone who seemed to be such a good human being off the field as well, too, right? Like I, I, I don't know who it was. I'll see if I can find her Twitter handle. Someone else retweeted it. Uh, but someone, uh, a woman tweeted out some like videos, I guess she had of him, like when he was interacting with kids for some kind of fundraiser or something. She talked about how he was always so much fun to be around. Like he was always having fun um, with these kids. And then uh, you see all these people talking about him. Uh, there was a, a, a video going around of Emmanuel Sanders when DT got traded away and like how much it hurt him then. And so it always sucks to see that, um, you know, we don't know what happened. It seems like it was some kind of um, health-related issues. Yeah, he had a seizure disorder. They That's kind of that, talked about yeah. it a little bit in the Denver Post. and um, I guess he, he had a little bit of a seizure disorder, and they think that's that's what caused it. But only 33 would have turned 34 yeah. on Christmas. Um, just nothing but glowing tributes from the people here. Peyton Manning had um, a lot of really – beautiful things to say talked about that same thing about him interacting with kids he was one of my favorite players he's my second favorite broncos receiver of all time behind rod smith i was devastated i was probably sadder when they traded him even than when we traded von miller and you know how much that that broke my heart so um you know i miss seeing him and i i can't wait for the day they put him in the ring of fame here yeah, I know he's um he's my my youngest brother. We we play fantasy together. We're in a league together, and it's his one of his favorite players as well. It took him to two fantasy championships. He he uh, did not let go of DT until he retired from the NFL. Actually, he held him on his roster even when he was not performing. So yeah, it, it always it, it's horrible to see stuff like that, especially at such a young age. I mean, it hits home a little bit. He we are the same age, me and him. So to see that born the same year, I was just like, that's just you know. Prayers to his family and his loved ones and, and condolences to his family. I'm sure we'll all be thinking about them as is uh, everyone who knew him and, and and the man that he used to be. So I just we, I did want to just mention that. Obviously, it, it's heartbreaking to see something like that happen. There is obviously no easy transition from that into football, but we did get a football game last night. Uh, the Vikings hold on and beat the Steelers 36-28. to Matt, it was a slow start and another poor defensive outing. Are the Steelers in trouble? Yeah, I think last night, to me, going in was a game that was winnable for them that I expected that they were going to win, which would have put them at 7-5-1. and five and one. 
they have that weird schedule thing because they have a tie on there, but that was a bad beat. And we've seen them a couple of, this is the third game now in a four game stretch where their defense has really gotten gashed for 30 plus points. And they've, I believe they've lost them all. They lost that way to the chargers. They lost that way to the Vikings. Uh, there was somebody else in there. Was it uh, the Bengals also gashed them for a ton of points that's not a great sign because this team really relies on having that kind of lockdown defense and then being able to, to use the running game and stuff. I also think that there's some kind of personality things are not gelling. It did not look like Chase Claypool was on the same team or on the same page with his team down the stretch there. This isn't the first time that's come up. I know he had some weird comments about not liking the way they structured practice that Mike Tomlin didn't uh, respond to very favorably. I doubt he's going to be too pumped about that exchange last night. There's just, they just don't have a good energy, I guess is what I would say. I mean, in the past, it would be Ben kind of carrying the team and causing them to rally. Now Ben is beyond the point where he can do that. He needs a lot of stuff to go right with where he's at. And when you lose TJ Watt and he only pay, plays 30, what is it? 36% of the snaps, you know, your defense, when you're getting pressure on the quarterback, your defense plays a lot better. And in the first half, they didn't get any pressure, pressure really. And Minnesota got a lot of pressure on big Ben. Najee was getting hit in the backfield a lot. It was just, the, the team is out of sync this year, and I don't know if it's a function of uh, they're just waiting. They're just, you know, count clicking off the games until Ben is officially retired or what. They know they're not quite – they don't quite have the talent all around to, you know, Ben can't overcome the lack of talent around him anymore. That's kind of what it feels like. I don't know what direction they're going to go. I don't think Mason Rudolph is the answer, and as, as much as it hurts me as a Buckeye to say, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is the answer either, or they'd been giving him uh, a little more playing time while uh, when Ben was out. So, you know, they, they come on late. They made made some plays late to try to get back into it. Uh, but that that defense is – if that defense doesn't play over its head, then I don't think that offense necessarily has what it takes to get, get them there. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing with Big Ben is we know there's been a lot of rumors. I don't know that he's actually come out and said that he's going to retire, but there have been reports that he is going to retire at the end of the season. The, I, you're right. They throws they, last night. They didn't say he, – he, Ben didn't say, oh, I'm going to retire after this year. Ben said – I think it was something to the effect of this is my last year as a Steeler. So Ben left himself an out to go to Denver. Fair point. I don't. Uh, How dare you? We're in the midst of mourning over here. I, I mean, let's. Life. I'll be. I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe I don't know if you you question his off field stuff, but he made some plays last night. Like he he wasn't as that throw to Fryermuth. There was a throw to um. I think it was Deontay as well. Like he still got his arm. I, I don't know that he's he hadn't looked great most of the season, but at moments he he doesn't look quite as washed. And I mean, let's just be honest. If Fryermuth catches that ball. Possibly have a chance to go tie game and into overtime. Deontay Johnson dropped two touchdowns, I believe, last night. So 
The Steelers, I mean, the for all the crap we give the offense, it just seems like it takes a little bit of time for this offense to get going every game. I think is they're not like right off the bat, just full go, all that firepower like they have been in the past. It seems to take them a little bit of time. Maybe that's because of Ben aging a little bit. Um, I, I just got, I want to give props to Najee Harris, who 90 rushing, Incredible. 90 plus rushing yards last night with an offensive line that could not block the three of us rushing at him. I mean, just. Well, I am highly underrated as a pass rusher. I agree. You are. I'm like, I, I, those guys could probably take me down with one hand. And even then I could probably get back. I mean, props to him because he earned every single one of those yards last night. And he's still one of the top running. uh, He's got some of the, I believe he's like top. Is he, Matt, you can probably look this up. Yeah, I will. Is he top five or six, I think, in rushing yards this season with that offensive line? I mean, it's just props to him for the season he's having as a rookie. Not to mention, uh, you know, that's a little bit of what's going on with Ben, too. I mean, there was a lot of times last night where he was snapping the ball and somebody was up on him. And I think that's where they miss his escapability a little bit. He is RB5 for fantasy. Let me look at Maybe that's what I heard. Back to Deontay, though. Yeah. I know he dropped a couple touchdowns, but they weren't both just gimmies. I mean, they were – they weren't quite as difficult, I think, as the Friar Muth non-touchdown. But that one on the right side, uh, on the edge there, uh, side of the end zone, that was a beautiful – that was a perfectly placed ball. But it, it would have been a miraculous catch. He is fifth in yardage, but I would uh, wager unless Nick Chubb dies, he's going to pass him on Sunday. Yeah, but I mean, still top ten with that offensive line. I but, think it's pretty impressive. Do you know – so Nick Chubb is obviously six based on my comments. Do you know who's yeah. number seven in rushing yardage? Derrick Henry. No, Derrick Henry's four oh. still. Four. Oh, yeah, that's just <laughs> ridiculous. John, Jonathan just... Taylor has 1348. He's number one. Joe right. Mixon is number two with 978, which is how much Dalvin Cook has now after last night. Derrick Henry, 937. Najee Harris is at 873. Um, Nick Chubb's at 867. Mark Ingram, 821 wow. yards. Good for Mark Ingram. Good for it's more Mark yards Ingram. than Antonio Gibson, who's eight, and Ezekiel Elliott, who's nine, and then Lamar Jackson is top, is number 10 in rushing. 762 yards. That is a very interesting list. I would not have expected you to be reading the week 14 in the NFL season. You Mark just Ingram mentioned a how better high- than we realized. Yeah, well, I mean, he was playing good for Houston, and he's taken over for Kamara. He was playing good. I mean, he I know I don't remember exactly the stats he was putting up, but he was putting up good fantasy games for for the uh, Saints when Kamara was out. Uh, you mentioned how up how high up Cook is. It was a huge game for him, two hundred yards here. What do we think though of the passing game without Thielen, Dennis? Uh, as long as KJ Osborne keeps doing his best, Adam Thielen imitation, I think the the passing game is going to be just fine. Um, Osborne has stepped up this season when needed. Um, if, you know, if everybody's healthy, he's still, you know, what fourth down there with Conklin, it's, it's, uh, Jefferson Thielen and cook, but Osborne's making a case to take over for Thielen when Thielen retires. And, uh, you know, not that he's made given any hints, but Thielen's what he's 32 years old or something, 31, 32. I think he's, he's 34. Yeah, he's he's getting up there. So uh 
Osborne's making a case to to be kept and to, to be kept around. So I, I'm not overly concerned. Um, you know, the torch gets passed. We've seen it go from Roddy White to Julio Jones to Calvin Ridley. And it, it just happens, you know, Marvin Harrison to uh, oh, who did uh, Marvin Harrison to T.Y. Hilton to, to, to Michael Pittman. You know, that's just the nature of the game. Harrison to Reggie Wayne. Yeah, I knew I was. We sort of, somebody. we sort of missed a Hall of Fame receiver in there. But getting, you know, I think Osborne is definitely with Thielen out. Osborne is probably a wide receiver three with wide receiver one upside. Yeah, I thought last night Osborne. I first of all, I sold Adams Thielen uh, way too short. Dennis is right. He's. 31 years old and 110 days. So not anywhere close to the 30. I don't know why I thought he was 34. I mean, in fairness to you, he's, he doesn't, he doesn't seem like he's quite as explosive as he was a couple of years ago. And I feel like when you get around that 34 age, like somebody here is the explosiveness wears off really quick. So anyway, I thought Osborne and Conklin would do well. I was surprised we didn't get a little more out of Conklin. Of course, Chris Herndon's just there to get catches after we declared him fantasy irrelevant. Um, but I thought Osborne looked good. Hey, I he started almost... him somewhere last night, so I'm very Herndon? happy that he did something. I he had to. got points. My uh, my tight ends are Harrison Bryant, Logan Thomas, and Chris Herndon. So it was it was all on, on Herndon there. I'm very happy that he got me something. I thought. You know, Osborne would have had an even bigger night if he had a, one that he missed, just missed in the end zone, too, on that great, um, which became controversial, hit by Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it wasn't even that. He missed a couple. Uh, Cousins missed him a couple times. And Cousin missed Jefferson a couple times. And he could have had mm. an even big. I think. If you go back and Cousins look at did not a- play very well because he threw yeah. a couple. He kept – people started making jokes about he was single-handedly keeping the Steelers Pittsburgh in the game, game. which yeah. wasn't too far off because Dalvin Cook was killing it. Of course, I don't know who their offensive coordinator is. You have a guy that runs for 178 yards in the first uh, half. And you just Kubiak. Decide, Kubiak. You yeah, just decide yeah. we shouldn't run. We should throw every pa- every play in the second half. Well, I mean, in fairness to him, the, the plays were there. Like I said, Jefferson could have easily had at least three touchdowns in this one and probably close to 200 yards receiving had had Cousin not missed him on a couple. So it, it was a, an interesting game, but I mean, crazy. The, the Vikings get a big win. They, they stay in the playoff race. So speaking of two teams in the AFC in the middle of a playoff race here, the Baltimore Ravens at 8-4 and four at the 6-6 six and six Cleveland Browns. Matt, what are we expecting out of the Ravens' offense in this matchup? You know, they played literally two weeks ago, and it was not a uh, aesthetically pleasing game, to say the least. Yeah, their offense has really been struggling to put up points. Uh, we talked about, I, I think it was on Wednesday, how steady Mark Andrews has been. Um, so he'll he should be in good line for a good game. It's been kind of hit or miss what you get out of Marquise Brown. I think the opportunity is there to get something. They just really don't. You know, Devonta Freeman's been the leader of their running back room, but he hasn't exactly been a powerhouse uh, as a running back. They're still leaning a lot on Lamar Jackson. And I think Cleveland is going to be motivated to try to get this. If they don't win this game, they're they're it's going to be hard for them to get into the playoffs. So I think it's going to be another tough game. I'm not expecting much of a shootout here. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a – 
lower scoring affair. But in the last five games, Devonta Freeman is RB10. So he's falling he's into the chance. end zone when he gets a chance. He he's getting it done. It's you know, the, the Ravens they're experiencing some growing pains. You know, Lamar isn't the natural progression for Lamar was to run less, but he still wants to run a little more. Um, but to get away from that, you need to have running backs that can um carry the load a lot better. And I think, you know, while Freeman has come on, they've been piecing it together all season long with Freeman and Murray and William, you know, duct tape for lack of a better term. Uh, but the, the receivers have to really, somebody has to establish themselves as the alpha that's not Mark Andrews. He's the tight end. Yeah, you can have a, highly regarded tight end and do well. But you need to you need to have somebody go Tyreek Hill on that team and nobody has done that yet. Yeah, I would really like to see if Hollywood Brown can take that role back over. I mean, those two were really connecting early on in the season. I don't know if it was if it's due to the injury with Marquise Hollywood Brown that he suffered earlier that's kind of slowed him down, but him and Lamar not quite connecting the way that they did earlier in the season. Uh, and I, I agree, the running game is, is a big thing. I've been mentioning it for weeks. I think it's a big thing for Baltimore. I think it what might be hold them it might be what holds them back from being one of the top real contenders uh in the AFC. I, mean, I know they're eight and four, but Lamar Jackson, I mean, Matt just mentioned it. He's number 10 in rushing right now. I don't know that he can keep doing that and, and end up leading this team to a Super Bowl. But I also don't know that you can lean on Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray. As good as Freeman has been, he's not what J.K. Dobbins could have been in this offense. So maybe we're a year away from seeing Baltimore be a real, real dangerous team. Dennis, on the Browns side here, I mean, the Ravens' passing defense has struggled. They are the worst pass defense in the NFL. Who do you think benefits from Cleveland in this game? No, it's it's going to be a challenge because if they get pressure on Baker, he's going to get rattled. They're down technically three tight ends because Stephen Carlson has been on IR for most of the season. They're down Bryant. They're down Njoku. And that leaves Austin Hooper, basically. I don't know who they're going to bring up as their fifth string tight end to, to fill in. Um, so Hooper's going to Hooper's going to lead the lead that room. You got Jarvis Landry. I, I think Landry's going to lead the team in targets, but he's not a deep threat. They're going to need to – let's see, where, what's my note say? If Cleveland wants to win, they're going to need to ride the running backs and then hit a couple shots, a couple shot plays with Donovan Peoples-Jones, maybe Higgins. I don't know. Is, is Schwartz out still? Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, he's still so, in concussion protocol right now. So it's it's going to fall on DPJ and Rashard Higgins to make those big plays down the field. Yeah, I had I probably have Jarvis the highest. Um, yeah, but I'm there's a couple of leagues where I I needed to play, and I'm not going to lie, I put Donovan Peoples Jones in because I'm hoping you know with the state of the Ravens secondary this feels like the kind of game where you get uh one of those big yolo balls yeah uh, i think dpj is is a great play this week i think he could be in for a really big game jarvis is the known commodity as dennis mentioned he should definitely be in your lineup i mean just last week 
uh, before the bye, he put up 16 points in a game that, again, was not great for the Browns on this offense against this Baltimore Ravens team. I think DPJ can beat them deep. Uh, I'll be very curious, though, to see if Baker can do that. I mean, a week off, he's mentioned that he's feeling a little bit better, but how much better can you really be feeling with some of the injuries that he's had? I'll, I'll be very curious to see what this what Browns offense looks like. Oh, man, I still feel like shit. I would love for him to say tell the truth. Absolutely. I, would, I don't want him to go out there and be like, oh, no, I feel 10 times better. Shoulders, heels, it's cracking as he's rotating it because it's still broken. Like, just be honest. It's just right. hanging, hanging limp yeah. on the side. He's like, my arm's in perfect shape. That, uh, <laughs> that being said, I mean, we are – this is a huge game for the Browns. If they get this win, they are still technically right in the thick of it. And Baker and a lot of the Browns players have been saying that they know that it's, you know, there's no more time for, for messing up. I realistically think they probably can't lose a game down the stretch if they want to make it into the playoffs. Uh, so with that being said, backs against the wall in Cleveland. I think that they give Cleveland and Browns fans just a tad bit more hope before they dash it later this season. I'm going to take the Browns to beat the Ravens. Ravens for me. You might want to update your pick on the sheet then. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at the other sheet. <laughs> I'm going to go Browns. I, Are you going Browns or I'm Ravens? taking the Browns. I'm going to stick with my, my second choice. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to tinker. I know they say never tinker, but I'm tinkering. I would love for, you know, for the Browns to win because, you know, I like – their franchise, but I'm picking the Ravens. I just, I feel like even though the Ravens have not looked good at any point in time, they just managed to win most of these games. Yeah. The two in ten, two in ten Jacksonville Jaguars at the eight and four Tennessee Titans. Dennis Trevor Lawrence asked for more James Robinson. Will he get it? Well, Urban's an asshole, so probably not. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be. I think Robinson is going to have to go out and he's going to have to make it so that Daryl Bevel and, uh, oh, what the hell is their running back coach's name now? It's escaping me. Uh, the guy that got scapegoated. I'll look it yeah, up. Yeah, the guy that got scapegoated, Bernie Parmalee. Uh, Robinson has to go out there and make it so that they can't take him off the field unless he raises his hand and says, take me out. Um, you know, against the Tennessee defense, it could happen, you know. Well, you know, I, I was excited that Trevor Lawrence was advocating for it. I mean, it's Trevor Lawrence has also seen Carlos Hyde run. And, um, you know, Carlos Hyde's been a serviceable back for a lot of years. But I I like James Robinson. I think he's one of their best weapons. They said he's he's good to go, that his heel is a lot better, that his knee's better. Just hope he hangs on to the ball. That being said, I don't really love the Jacksonville offense uh, in general, but I'm hoping, like you, that we will see a little more. James no, I, I think it's a it's clear. It's it's like it's go by Trevor Lawrence in dynasty time right now. Yeah, like take that shot. See if you can get him cheap, especially if somebody who's a contender. Him and Justin Fields. Uh, or an early pick. They had an early pick, and so they were able to draft Lawrence, and now their team is better than they expected, and they need a piece that's, you know, an old, an Adam Thielen-type piece that's older that you can say, hey, I'll swap you this, and, and you can go make your run. 
Yeah, I mean, my Scott Fishbowl team really hopes James Robinson is more involved. Uh, I I would be surprised if your star quarterback comes up to you and says, we need to get him more involved. He's the best player on our team. That the head coach is going to be that ignorant to be like, nope, running Carlos Hyde. So, uh, and I mean, it is possible. Urban is one of those guys who could do it, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think we will get a lot more James Robinson. Matt, uh, Julio Jones is tracking to return. What do we expect from him in this one? I mean, there is a long-standing tradition of these older dug-in coaches really responding well to players, telling them what they should do with their lineups. So there is hope. Um, you know, Julio Jones has quietly had a semi-disappointing season. Um, quietly? Yeah. He's only appeared in six games. He's caught uh, 31 passes, I think, for 336 yards, no touchdowns. He has not seen more than five targets in a game since week two of the NFL season. He never has really totally developed chemistry with TNL. So I get the impulse that, hey, Julio Jones is back. Let's fire him back up. You're thinking you have like vintage 2018 Julio. I see him more as a wide receiver three flex option this week. Yeah, I think that Julio Jones is going to open up the field for Nick Westbrook-Akini. So I, I think that, you know, those five targets is probably right in line. Julio's going to, you know, pull the defense back a little bit. I think Nick Westbrook-Akini gets seven, eight, nine targets. Um, but, I you know, it all comes down to does Julio's hamstring clamp up? You know, if his hamstring clamps up, then Julio's going to be back on the sideline again. So uh, I, I think he'll – he. He could blow up or he could be a decoy and just pull the coverage away from the other guys. I would find it very hard to trust putting in my lineup, putting him in my lineup. I, I mean, I guess I, I don't disagree with what you guys are saying, the low end flex play, because it, I mean, you, you very much could get a huge game with, from him, especially with um, my goodness. His name just jumped out of my head. AJ Brown, being out in Jacksonville, having a horrible pass defense, but I mean, Julio's really given us no indication this year that that's a, even possible. So I, I think you're, I honestly believe you probably have a better option than putting him in your lineup this week, but I could be wrong there. That being said, I am taking the Titans to win. I'm also taking the Titans. Oh, I just won, but you know what? I'm, uh, I'm going to go Jags. The, the six and six, six Las Vegas Raiders at the eight and four Kansas City Chiefs. Matt, which Raiders do we like in this matchup? I still, I still like Hunter Renfro um, because he seems to be uh, the stable guy that they're they're going at. It looks like Darren Waller um, might return. Um, and I think if he's back, you definitely have to put him uh, back out there. Oh, no, wait, they ruled him out. So that just then I'm staying away from Foster Moreau because he did not look good. But I do like Josh Jacobs. Uh, we just saw the Chiefs defense get destroyed by Javante Williams, even in a game that they fairly well dominated. Um, Jacobs has been playing a little bit better lately. He's healthy. Kenyon Drake's gone for the year. I don't think Jalen Richard is a real challenge for touches. So Jacobs and Renfro would probably be the guys I'm playing. Yeah, I think Richard might still be on the COVID list, if I remember correctly. Um, he's I been out for a, a while. I think he currently still is, yes. 
So that's going to be, you know, who's that other guy that was in Washington last year that they have? Uh, oh, they, they signed somebody from Washington. I thought they said, though, that Richard had a chance to come off. Yeah. He's one of those that we're waiting, much like uh, any potential Chargers receiver. That is yeah, promising. Uh, was it Peyton Barber, Josh Jacobs, and Sutton Smith? Sutton Peyton Smith, Barber. Yeah. Oh, only three. It's going to be a Peyton Barber game. No, I. I, you know, we've seen it before. We've seen it happen time and time again, it seems, that somebody gets injured. Everybody's like, the backup is the guy. He's going to go out and kill it. And then he stinks it up that first week. And then the second week he comes out and he actually does kill it. So I don't know that I'd be terribly afraid of Foster Moreau. Um, I've got a league where I, I'm kind of out of it. I'm not going to make the playoffs. And Waller is my tight end, and I just received a an offer for uh, I got Moreau and a third rounder, and I forget. Oh, I gave up KJ Osborne for Moreau and a third rounder, and I thought, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Osborne. Moreau's probably every bit the dart throw. A third rounder, I've got Waller, but Zach Ertz is my other tight end. So you're going to start Moreau, you're going to start Zach Ertz. Zach if you're Ertz. asking, I'm taking Zach Ertz. I have him yeah. up in the top 12 range. Yeah, I, I have Ertz there, but I wouldn't be surprised if Moreau outscores him, though. Um, yeah, I mean, I had him fairly high last week. I'd be so. incredibly surprised if Moreau outscores him. <laughs> I don't think the Raiders' pass offense is doing very well. Yeah, I I, I think Josh Jacobs is an, an obvious player to lock in. Outside of him, I don't really feel great about any of the uh, – the wide receivers had this been the Raiders team from even four or five weeks ago. I think they probably could keep up with Kansas city, but they, you know, Matt, we talked a little bit about it earlier this week. I feel like the off field stuff and everything has really kind of hit this team now. And they're just kind of, uh, of sinking in, unfortunately on the yeah. Chiefs side here, Dennis uh, is Clyde Edwards. Hilarious. Good play. And I'll even add, is Patrick Mahomes still a good play. I think you, you've got to roll with Mahomes. I, I don't know that uh, the Raiders' defense is going to scare anybody. You know, they'll make a play here and there. So I don't know that there's 12 other quarterbacks that I would start over Mahomes. I know there's not 24. Um, I think for the ability to make big plays, you, you still are rolling Mahomes out there. Uh, in a redraft league, if Mahomes is your quarterback, even in a one QB league, you're probably not rostering a second quarterback. Uh, if you are, you know, I'm not sure. Is, is it, you know, Daniel Jones came to mind, but you know, is it Mac Jones? Is it, you know, who who is it that that you're actually rostering? Uh, I think most redraft players would have uh, issued having a second quarterback if they roster Mahomes. Um, Edwards Alaire is RB29 in the last three weeks. You know, the last six weeks he was around RB49 or 50, I think. Now him and him and Williams have kind of flipped. So I I think that they want to give CEH a little more run. He's the guy that has the most ability. Williams is dependable. Williams, you know, Williams is uh, you know. Macy's Peyton Barber is what Williams is. 
Yeah, I'm definitely playing Mahomes. When the Chiefs and the Raiders met earlier, that was the game where Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdowns, no interceptions, almost 400 yards. So I, I think he's in for a good day. Um, I also like CEH. Uh, this The game against the Raiders was the one where Darrell Williams went completely off, caught a bunch of passes, and ran the ball really well. The Raiders' defense has not been good against the run. They've only had three games all season where they've allowed less than 100 yards, and in one of those it was 94 yards and still a rushing touchdown. They've been gashed a lot on the ground, and I so I think this sets up nicely for CEH as well. Yeah, I mean, he, he did not look bad in that first game um, back. It, with Mahomes, I agree you have to play him, but first time, I believe first time in his career, he has gone two straight games without a passing touchdown. But as you mentioned, he threw five in the last matchup here. I think he at least gets three. Uh, I think Mahomes bounces back a little bit. But very interesting to see him, I don't want to say game manager, but he's not – they're not putting the game on him like they used to. Now they seem to be playing a little bit more defense. So uh, I'm interested to see if that drops Patrick Mahomes from the vaunted one or two QB ranking moving forward. I'm taking the Chiefs to win the game. Chiefs for me as well. Make it a sweep. The 5-7 and seven New Orleans Saints at the 3-9 and nine New York Jets. Matt, another decent week for Taysom Hill? Yeah, I think so. The Jets defense uh, doesn't really scare me. I think New Orleans still hanging around in that playoff race needs a big win here. I think they will get it. Taysom Hill is off the injury report, which I think is a good sign. Obviously has some of those lingering issues, but fantasy production wasn't really his problem last week. Yeah, I think if vanilla Cam Newton can rush for 100 yards again, uh, that'll help cover up for his 46% passing. It's you know, I'm not I'm not big on Taysom Hill, you know, with the finger issue. Uh, you take an already not not extremely accurate quarterback, and then we saw what that did to that injury did to Russell Wilson. Um, yeah. Can he have a decent week? I think he's going to have to rush for it to get it. I think he will. I would. I mean, the Jets' defense is so bad. I wouldn't be surprised if Taysom Hill is a uh, hundred yards uh, rushing this week. With uh, Alvin Kamara still possibly not playing in this one. So, Didn't I, he run for over a hundred last week too against Taysom Hill? Like, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Dallas. Like, I think he could. I think he could easily. I mean, he put up 27 points last week with having interceptions and not being able to pass the ball well. I would not be surprised if he can't do it again here against a worse defense. Like, I. It's just going to be the wishbone, him and Kamara, and then they'll put a fullback back there to block. Exactly. And the the Jets still won't be able to stop it. No, Corey Davis. Dennis, how do we feel about Elijah Moore? I'd feel a lot better if he wasn't uh, limited with his quad issue. You know, he's went 10 for 20 for 123 yards and a touchdown in the last two weeks. You know, he had a stretch there where he was, you know, wide receiver three, I think. Um, I like Mitchell, and he's ascended to the top of the depth chart there. Um, with Davis out, you know, that leaves really Jamison Crowder as the other guy. And Crowder has a very specific skill set. You know, he's a short area, you know, you know, it five-yard A-dot kind of guy who, you know, catches, uh, has a nine-yard for catch average or something like that. So while in those situations, 
competitions and PPR leagues, Elijah Mitch Moore has shown that you get him the ball, he's going to do some stuff with it. And so I do like him a lot. It's a little bit of a tougher matchup. We should probably pour one out for Denzel Mims, too, who's clearly never going to get a shot. Uh, since week 10, Elijah Moore is wide receiver six. I like him a lot as a play, but as Dennis said, he missed his third straight practice today. They still have him listed as questionable. If he plays, I'm still playing him, but it's definitely worth monitoring. You know, but New Orleans is also, they're down Cam Jordan. They're down Pete Warner. They're down Marcus Davenport. So they have issues. They still have some corners. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if Marshawn Lattimore ends up matching up against more, yeah. him likely being the best the best option. If the more Jets players. are also missing Tevin Coleman, who got ruled out, so it's Ty Johnson and a lot of wish wish and prayer. No Mackay Becton. Maybe Zach Wilson will get to try Austin his hand Martin. at running. Austin Martin. Austin Walker, Walter. I think. Walter. Walter Austin Walker. Walter. Awesome. He's, he's so he's so important. We can't even put his uh, first and last name together. I'm taking the Jets. I'm sorry. I'm taking the Saints. I tell you, <laughs> please do not. No, these Saints in this game. Stop. You say the Jets first. <laughs> I'm taking the Jets. I think Zach Wilson is starting to ascend. He's gonna, uh, you know, make some plays. I'm taking Taysom Hill. Vanilla All right. Cam the no, eight and- Tim Tebow Jr. The eight and four Dallas Cowboys at the six and six Washington football team. Matt, is Zeke still a top 12 option? Should dynasty owners be concerned? Yeah. Wishes he could run like Taysom Hill. I'm going to credit Dennis. I think it was a couple of years ago. said that you thought it was time we should move on from Ezekiel Elliott. And you've been totally right. He, his yards per game went down again this year. I don't think he is a top 12 option. I didn't put him in my top 12 uh, for this week either. He's splitting time with Tony Pollard and they have so much passing game options. He has not been a good return on investment. If, because they're passing more, it is cutting into Zeke's touches, but I don't know that it's cutting into his snaps. Zeke is probably the preeminent passing down back when it comes to keeping your quarterback clean. He is a stone-cold monster. It's He can block, and then he's a good receiver, so if they don't bring pressure and Zeke doesn't have to stay in there and block, he can get out, but that knee is troublesome. Uh, I don't know that uh, how bad Pollard's foot issue is. They said he tore his plantar fascia uh, on that's, that long that's run. Bad. That's bad. So if that's he's the case, listed as questionable, though. I mean, he, they didn't say yeah, he was I mean, going to miss. Again, I'll I, you know I'll just say not yeah, an elite uh, athlete. I'm not. Nobody confuses me with an elite athlete, but I did do that myself. And if you get your foot shot up, you can't play with it without feeling pain. I mean, Taysom Hill ran for 111 yards last week with it. Yeah, but he's been dealing with it for a while. It's a little bit easier to deal with after a couple weeks than after, like, it first happens. It feels like you're stepping on knives. It's it's very painful. Oh, I know. I tore mine. Yeah, so, I mean, I think he's going to, again, you can shoot it up, and it's the NFL. They got the best of the best that they put in those needles, so he might be good. Uh I, I you're, you're playing Zeke if you have him, but I'm with I'm with Matt and Dennis. I don't know that you feel great about it. Maybe, hopefully, hope he falls into the end zone once, maybe twice, and you can kind of. You're get, hoping he gets you know three or four catches for thirty yards, twenty five yards, and falls to, to his thirty five yards rushing. Yeah. 
If you if he can get twelve points, I think I'd be happy with that. Uh, Dennis, aside from Gibson and McLaurin, who do you like in this matchup? Um, well, Dallas gives up the tenth most fantasy points to tight ends, and Ty- Taylor Heineke likes to throw the ball up the seam. Uh, some would even say, uh, you know, he throws his wide receivers and tight ends into coverage. Um, but Ricky, if Ricky Seals Jones is back, I'd be happy to fire him up. I know uh, he's he's tracking to be back now that Logan Wilson is out, and we've seen him be a really really good receiver um, earlier this season when when Logan Thomas was out. So uh, I don't hesitate too much with that. I like DeAndre Carter a little bit. You know, when you get really really deep into leagues at this time of the year, you know Carter's playing, and so at some point you got you you're throwing darts to see who's going to be on the field. And Carter is one of those guys that's going to give you, you know, wide receiver 50 ish numbers. And sometimes out of your second flex, that's the best you can hope for. Yeah. I like Taylor Heineke as a decent uh, QB two option. And I'm with tennis. I I think Ricky Seals Jones is a consideration for me at tight end. I don't know about other wide receiver. It looks like McKissick is going to miss. Um, probably means better things for Gibson. And I had such high hopes for Curtis Samuel preseason, but the good dude can't be on the field for more than like a handful of plays. Yeah, it's uh, definitely disappointing because he would have a really good shot of of producing now with Logan Thomas being out. The one thing that hurt my heart is Dennis was talking about that is like such a great matchup for tight ends. And I'm just like – pouring out for Logan Thomas. Like So good last week when he came back and – He's been taken from us so soon. Uh, I'm going to take Washington. I, I think Washington pulls the upset here. Stays in the playoff race. I'm going Cowboys. Taking the Cowboys. The five and seven Atlanta Falcons at the five and seven Carolina Panthers. Dennis, which Falcons, aside from Patterson, do you feel comfortable playing? Uh, I'm starting to feel very comfortable playing Russell Gage. Uh, he's wide receiver eight over the past three weeks. Wide receiver 24 over the past six. So uh, he's getting volume. He's developing trust with Matt Ryan. Um, You know, we had a little resurgence of Mike Davis. For all of the attention that Cordero Patterson is getting, uh, he's lining up at wide receiver, it seems, an awful lot more than he is at running back now. Um, And so that's kind of opening the door for Mike Davis to come back. Uh, onto the scene a little bit. How much do you trust him? I don't. I don't know. It's it's going to be a uh, a little bit of a wing and a prayer. Um, you know, that's not that. That's not a not a ringing endorsement. Mike Davis might be the ultimate YOLO play uh, in Week 14 of the NFL season. There. Um, but for me, Matt Ryan, probably just at the bottom of my uh, QB2 where, where I'd consider going. It's not a great week, week for QB. So in Superflex, he is a consideration. Kyle Pitts actually is tight end nine on the season. He hasn't had those big, huge performances that we expected, but he's been fairly steady. He has had at least two receptions in every game, and he's only had less than – uh, six targets in a game twice this season and none in the last few weeks. So he's a part of what they're doing. I think he's a tight end option. And I'm with you. Russell Gage has moved back into flex territory for me. 
Look, if Pitts isn't getting 12 targets and 10 catches and 100 yards and two touchdowns, he's not worth starting. Weren't you here in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, that's how people have treated it. But we, Matt and I, I think, talked about this on Wednesday. He's been a lot better than people realize. Yeah, he has. Matt, on the Panthers side here, bounce back week for Cam Newton. And how about DJ Moore? I still have DJ Moore as a low-end wide receiver, too, because I'm still holding out hope. I was thinking Cam Newton might be in for a better week. It sort of bothers me that Matt Rule is talking about getting some snaps for P.J. Walker because that makes you think they're not really settled at that position. But I have Cam Newton as a, as a high-end QB, too. I don't know. If, if by bounce back you mean uh, 12 for 23 for 149 yards and an interception – with 77 yards rushing and a touchdown, then, yeah, I think Cam Newton bounces back. But I think, uh, man, he's – I don't know, man. He's shot. He, he's in yeah. Big Ben territory for me. Well, the first two games that he came back, it was so encouraging. Last game wasn't really good. They have a – you know, they had a bye, and I'd be curious to see in general what the offense looks like having gotten rid of their offensive coordinator. Yeah. That's going to be problematic. Yeah. Uh, I'm very curious to see as well. I mean, Cam Newton, we talked a little bit about it when they signed him. He was literally sitting on the couch uh, weeks before that. So getting more and more game time, can he get a little bit better? I think so. I think now, though, unfortunately, as Matt, you just mentioned, throwing in another wrench into it by getting rid of your offensive coordinator isn't going to make things any easier. I think there's a better shot we see. DJ Moore bounce back than Cam Newton. And even that, I think, is a little bit of a stretch. Um I'm going to take Atlanta. I don't really feel great about either one of these teams, but I'll take Atlanta. I'm taking the Panthers to win ugly. I'm also taking the Panthers. The 4-8 and eight Seattle Seahawks at the 2-10 and 10 Houston Texans. Matt, is there any interest in the Seahawks' backfield? You know, you'd think uh, maybe you'd be interested. No, no. We, we've seen no, The right answer was no. That, that was the right answer. It was no move on. Well, I was going to say that you would you would hope there would be somebody to play because Houston's rush defense has been god awful, um, but the Seahawks are probably going to use four or five backs in this game, and none of them will put up anything worth playing. DJ Dallas running back to top twenty-four. <laughs> wow, that is a big. He didn't even get any touches last week. Travis Homer was the one. I think Homer got hurt though, didn't he? I think he's still tracking to play. Oh, okay. I mean, Homer just had the big splash play on the, the fake punt, the 73. Oh, no, yard. you're right. Homer got ruled out. Well, that li- limits it to only having five running backs. It'll probably be the Rashad Penny breakout game just to give Dennis some semblance of hope. Yeah, he's back on the train. Davis Mills is back in for Houston. Dennis, is there a Texan you're confident playing? No. I mean, if you have Cooks, you're probably starting him in a flex. You know, you're if you have David Johnson or Rex Burkhead, you know, you're probably putting in time till you know you're probably just trying to get through Week 14 and move on to something else. Yeah, that's uh, maybe I'm flexing Brandon Cooks, but I don't really want any Texans. I think they're. Not only probably the worst NFL team, they are the worst fantasy team. Agreed, and that's why I'm taking the Seahawks barely to win this game. I'm taking the Seahawks, too. Seahawks for me as well. Hey, football fans, 
I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. You can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score with $100 and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 1-10-1 Detroit Lions are going up against the 6-6 six six Denver Broncos. Dennis, no Swift, no Jamal Williams, no TJ Hawkinson. Why is Jamar Jefferson the only player worth starting here? You know, he's he's popped a little bit, but... Oh, he's definitely popped. I don't know if he, you know, Iguabuque popped off the same time uh, when Jamar Jefferson did in that same game. Uh, Iguabuque got got snaps over Jefferson last week. I think it is a Jamar Jefferson game, uh, but I, I think it's going to be a coin flip. It wouldn't surprise me to see a 50-50 uh, touch split. Uh, but that the I think that Denver defense though is is going to be problematic for Jared Goff. Uh, it's gonna, probably going to be problematic for the rushers too. They they've been uh, pretty good up front. I don't think there is a lion that I feel good about playing. But if I had to YOLO a lion, it would probably be Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamar Jefferson. Top twenty four this weekend running back. It's going to happen. Just I right. wasn't bullish on their running game when I thought they'd have Jamal Williams. So. Jamar Jefferson, better than Jamal Williams. You heard it here first. Matt, which Bronco do you like as a play here? Uh, the one I'm all in on is Javante Williams. Uh, I know Melvin Gordon probably is tracking toward being active, but he's still banged up. And after what we saw last week, Javante Williams actually RB19 on the season, even playing with Melvin Gordon. Uh, he's been very good. There hasn't. I don't think they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, and there are too many passing game options and not enough good plays from Teddy Bridgewater, as in there are five a game, uh, for you to sustain any kind of faith in a receiver. I mean, if there was ever a get-right game for Cortland Sutton, this has to be it. You'd have to have a quarterback that could throw more than 10 yards down the field. He can run after he catches the ball. I've seen him do it. You have more faith than I do. I'm sorry. I would play the Denver defense, though, here. Javante, Javante, Javante for me. And Jamar Jefferson, who's going to lead the Lions to a victory. (laughs) Taking a lot of Jamar Jefferson. Are you really I take my guy, Jamar. Lions and Jamar, baby, all day long. Watch him be a game day inactive. Broncos for That'd me. be my luck, actually. I, I'm taking the Broncos, too, and now I'm nervous. 
Never doubt Jamar Jefferson. The 4-8 and eight New York Giants at the 7-5 and five Los Angeles Chargers. Dennis, Mike Glennon is in at QB. Is there any giant receiver you now trust? You know, define trust. Willing to put them in your lineup and expect them to score a modicum amount of fantasy points. I mean, That's the, the Chargers g- Chargers give up the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers and the fifth most to running backs. So I'm I'm looking for Saquon Barkley to, to have a good game here. Um, I think that pr- protects Glennon. He's going to have to take a couple shots and he'll probably, you know, do it to Evan Ingram or something, Kyle Rudolph, instead of Kenny Galladay, or looks like Sterling Shepard might be tracking back, or end up being John Ross on some deep fly for some crazy-ass reason uh, with a sick of this touchdown. Shout out to Joe Dolan. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably trying to avoid the wide receivers if I can. Yeah, the Giants' passing game offense has been a mystery since Freddie Kitchens took over. They haven't really developed any kind of sense of consistency or rhythm. They, Dennis is right; they targeted Darius Slayton a lot last week, but he didn't really produce anything. So I'm I'm probably staying away from all of them. It does look like Shepard might be back. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm with you guys on that. Avoiding everybody here because uh, I think the Chargers' defense can probably get home and again. I, I don't know. Barkley is probably the only player I feel comfortable playing just because the Chargers would allow me to get like 1.7 yards of carry on them. So that's just how uh, how bad this defense is against the run. Matt, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are on the COVID list, but Williams could play because he is on there because of close contact. How does this change the Chargers game plan for you if either or both end up missing? Yeah, and the latest from Brandon Staley is that he expects Williams and Chris Harris Jr. to come off because they were close contacts. They've consistently tested negative. There's going to be a huge difference between having Mike Williams in the passing game and having just Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer. Either way, I think it bodes well for Austin Eckler. Yeah, I I think, you know, you're looking at a 15-target game for Austin Eckler. I think even if Williams is in, though, Guyton is definitely worth a, a shot to play in, in your flex spot. He's popped off. He's a good deep threat. Um, I, I feel like he'll end up out-snapping Josh Palmer. I think he's just a more natural receiver. So he had, Williams will be the one. Guyton will be the two. Palmer will be the three. But Austin Eckler will really be the one. I also think Jared Cook and Donald Parham are decent uh, options yeah. at the tight end position because the Giants are not great against tight ends. Yeah, I, I moved Cook way up in my uh, ranking, especially after the Keenan Allen news. I think he, him and, uh, of course, obviously Eckler are in for massive games here, and I'm taking the fighting Justin Herberts to win this game. I'm also taking the Chargers. Charger, uh, Chargers for me as well. Six and six 49ers at the seven and five Cincinnati Bengals. Matt Debo is questionable. How do we feel about the passing game for San Francisco? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it seemed like he only had eyes for for George Kittle last week. Debo is still listed as questionable, which is a promising sign that he could potentially play. Elijah Mitchell has been ruled out. So I would think if Debo plays, they might try to use him in the rushing game again as they have – 
when Mitchell's been out or injured before. The real question for me is Brandon IU because he looked like he was kind of coming on and then last week sort of disappeared. I think all three of them are potentially decent plays in a game that you figure might be a little more on tempo, but it's hard to have complete faith uh, that everyone's going to get opportunity. Yeah, it, and last week it wasn't that Ayuk didn't get opportunity. He only converted 50% of his targets. You know, if he catches one or two more of those, maybe he earns, you know, if he catches one more, maybe he earns a seventh target uh, and, and is able to do something else with that. You know, they Ayuk has worked his way out of the doghouse, but if everybody's healthy, he's still third behind Kittle and Debo. Uh, I like him to be able, if, if all three of them are playing this week, it depends on if somebody gets hot like, Kittle did last week. I mean, when you got somebody that's just dominating like that, it's hard to go away from them. So do I expect another 12 target game for George Kittle? Probably more eight or nine is more realistic. Uh, How much they throw is going to be dependent upon how well Cincinnati executes their offense. You know, if Cincinnati's putting up a lot of points, that puts pressure on uh, Jimmy G in San Francisco to throw to keep up. Um, I don't know. But if the question is, how do I feel about the passing game? Um, outside of Kittle, I'm apprehensive. If I got him in their play and I'm definitely starting him, but I'm apprehensive that, you know, I recognize that it could go, uh, it could go bad. Speaking of passing targets here, Dennis, do you have any interest in playing CJ Uzoma this week for the Bengals? Depends on which team I'm talking about. I've got some teams I would love to have CJ Uzoma um, and other teams that I don't want anything to do with him. I, you know, he's inconsistent. I'm, I'm all about that T Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon action. Um, so I think, I think if you're starting Uzoma, uh, it's more of a desperation play. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Adam was low end uh, tight end too. I do think it's worth monitoring Joe Mixon. He's been out with an illness all week, and there is a potential that he could miss, in which case Samaj P. Ryan would be a pretty nice play. Yeah, he should be in for a pretty good workload if Mixon ends up missing. As much as I think San Francisco needs this win, I, I think Cincinnati continues to roll. I'm taking them to win the game. Bengals for me as well. Yeah, I'm also taking the Bengals. Probably the most interesting game uh, here this week, the 7-5 Buffalo Bills at the 9-3 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Matt, what do the Bills need to do to get a win? Man, they need to uh, be able to force a couple of turnovers on defense, and they've got to be able to stay away from turnovers on offense while making some big plays. Tampa Bay's secondary is probably the weaker part of their defense, which actually lines up well with the Buffalo offense, which has struggled to run the ball, but has some decent passing weapons. They need a big day from Diggs. They need a big day from Dawson Knox, and they need a big day from Josh Allen. Yeah, I I think they – they need to grind the clock and keep the ball away from Brady. Uh, unfortunately, that's not how the bills are made. And they're going up against Brady with a fistful of dollars. Uh, he's got all those weapons and Gronk and Godwin and Evans and Fournette. Tampa is built 
the way Buffalo needs to be built to play against Tampa. I mean, they can grind the clock. Lenny is perfectly happy carrying the ball 30 times for 65 yards uh, if it means Tampa gets out of there with the win. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think the one thing Buffalo is going to have to do is try and slow down Fournette, which we've seen when they're playing some of these better running backs, they have not been able to do that this year. And I would not put Fournette up there in the category of like a Jonathan Taylor or a Derrick Henry, uh, but they were run all over by Damian Harrison, Ramondre Stevenson. And I do think it's fair to say he's better than both of those guys. So they're going to have to come out there and play really good defense and, Someone else is going to have to step up up for them besides Josh Allen. I mean, they they're putting so much on his shoulders. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I know we talked a little bit about this earlier in the week, Matt. I think they in are in dire need of a good running back, and I would not be surprised if they don't reach for one in the draft this year or try and take somebody in free agency to try and balance out this offense. Because I mean, Josh Allen just can't keep carrying this team to. Uh, uh, to, to the promised land. Uh, how do we feel about Tom Brady going up against his old rivals here, Matt? Yeah, you know, I think they should be in for a good game. We saw Buffalo's defense get gashed on the ground, uh, which goes well for Fournette. But they, we've also seen them, um, you know, they, their secondary is a little beat up too, and Tampa Bay – Seems pretty locked in with the triumvirate of uh, Gronkowski, Godwin, and Evans. Yeah, I mean, when it, when you're talking about rivals and Tom Brady, everybody is Brady's rival. I mean, that's what makes him so good is he, he has that me against you, no matter who you are. He's he's out to, to show you he's better. Uh, and he's got an arsenal of receivers back to compound it. He's the smartest smartest quarterback in the game today. So while he he's he has the opportunity, you know, they're going to be in Tampa with great weather. So he can make a bunch of big plays throwing the ball down the field. But he's not going to get hung up if he has to win the game, you know, 20 to 17. Yeah, I'm not worried about it at all. You you could argue this is one of the better teams he's ever had around him offensively going up against the Bills, even from his time in New England. You take away the Randy Moss year, and I think with having Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Brate, O.J. Howard, uh, I mean, shit, even throw Ronald Jones in there. I mean, he, they're loaded. I, I don't think Brady's Wait, Ronald Jones is still in the league? He is bare, I think. I'm not sure. Might have to double check that. Someone fact check me, but I'm pretty sure he's still there. Uh, I mean, Waterboy counts in the league, right? Yes, that does. Yes, technically. Hey, fans. I think he fans Bruce Arians, too. I'm almost positive that's him. I, I swear. I swear that's him. I'm taking Josh Allen of the Bills with the upset here. I, I think, uh, they again, backs against the wall. They got to get a big win here. Yeah, there's no place to hide, and I think that the Tom and Tampa Bay roll over him. I would love for the Bills to win, but this feels like the kind of game that they get blown out. I'm taking the Buccaneers. Well, if you love for them to win, you should pick them. Put that good, it, put it that good energy worked, onto the end. Well, the for me to pick them so far a lot this year, so maybe it'll work better for me if I pick against them. That's what happens Fair with enough. Denver. When I pick them, they lose. When I don't pick them, wait, really? So it's Jamar Jefferson season. I'm telling you, it's gonna, it's happening. It's happening. Just in time for the holidays, get your fantasy football roundtable gear at viridianglobal.com. 
So it's the 10th. You'll get, uh, I, I ordered some stuff. I got it like within five days. So you can get, you've still got time. Uh, snapback hats, trucker hats, t-shirts, three-quarter sleeve raglans, and my favorite hoodies, all adorned with the Fantasy Football Roundtable logo. Get 10% off Fantasy Football Roundtable gear this week with uh, code ROUNDTABLE. That's viridianglobal.com. Roundtable and use code Roundtable for ten percent. All right, let's jump into the last two games here: the Sunday night football game between the four and eight Chicago Bears and the eight. I'm sorry, nine and three Green Bay Packers. Dennis, Justin Fields, and Allen Robinson are back. What are we expecting from them? I mean, are are we expecting anything? It's I mean, it's week 14. They've struggled. It's, you know, again, rumors are floating around. Nagy's going to be let go after this game. It's, you know, I hope that they play well. Um, But if I can, I've got Allen Robinson on probably a half a dozen teams. And right now he's on my bench in all of them. I think Justin Fields is going to be a good NFL quarterback. Uh, but again, much like Trevor Lawrence, if you're playing dynasty, this might be a time to try to go out and uh, pick him up, see if you can get him for cheap. Yeah, I'm hoping they come in energized a little bit. Um, you know, Justin Fields, before he had that game where they destroyed his uh, ribs, looked like he was improving a little bit as a passer. Uh, David Montgomery's come on strong the last couple of weeks, and I'm calling it. Allen Robinson's getting a damn touchdown this week. It's going to be great for everybody's fantasy. I bet him in all my league. No, <laughs> I, I actually I put him back in my lineup in a couple of weeks. I was like, if the not one, now, when? The one true believer, because I guarantee you, nobody else is starting him. I'd love it though. I, I mean, if. If he could come on strong here at the back half of the season for all of us who have held on to him all year long, because I'm also one of them, and a couple of my redraft leagues, he's just been sitting on that bench hoping that he can come back strong. I would love to be able to slide him into my lineup and have him help me win a fantasy championship. Jair Alexander's not there, so maybe it's possible. I think this could be a good game, but I, I just don't. I got to see it first before. And that's the worst part about it is we're gonna we're not going to trust him this week. Matt, you're going to end up being right. He's going to go like for 100 yards and a touchdown, and we're all going to get excited. He's going to go back into our lineups next week, and then the first round of the fantasy playoffs is going to give us two points, two catches for like six well, yards. Chicago has a lot of game. You know, has two games with Minnesota down the stretch, and their defense uh, and Green Bay, what we would call present. Now this is their second game with Green Bay. Oh, is it? I thought they had been yeah. They they got uh, week six when Aaron Rodgers told Chicago that he's still. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's their daddy. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, for the Packers here, Dennis, how do we expect the backfield split to be between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon? Now, I wouldn't be surprised if they had if they split the snaps pretty equally. Um, you know, Dylan has showed he can handle it. Um, and maybe even the carries split kind of equally with, uh, you know, Dylan kind of the outside. But I would expect Jones to get more, get, have the edge in targets. So, I, I don't know. I guess I'd go 55-45 Jones and, Jones over Dylan overall. 
Yeah, and I think Jones goes back to being the starter. The question for me is uh, how this game goes. If it remains relatively close, I think Jones probably ends up with a pretty decent share of the snaps. If Green Bay gets up big, I think they're going to switch to more. Dylan feels like the pounder in that backfield, especially as they're getting close to a playoff run. They're going to try to get into the mode of making sure Aaron Jones is available to them in the playoffs. Yeah, I think you start both of them this week, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I think Aaron Jones can get enough in those first uh, first two quarters, and then I'm with Matt. I think it's the A.J. Dillon show after halftime after the Packers are up like 24-7, to 7, uh, and he just grinds away on the Chicago Bears defense, which is, is missing a couple of their key starters as well. Uh, I'm taking the Packers to win this game and not necessarily a very close game either. Pack for me as well. I am also taking the Packers. All right, the last game of Week 14, and it looks to be a very good game. The 8-4 and Los Angeles Rams at the 10-2 and Arizona Cardinals. Matt Henderson is tracking to be available. What will the Rams' backfield split look like? Yeah, and I thought Sonny Michelle looked very good last week, albeit it was against Jacksonville. The Rams have tended toward wanting to use one dominant back, but they have at times not been afraid to mix guys in there. I think Henderson probably, if healthy and available, ends up going back to being the lead back. But I think we are in a different spot than we were earlier in the season where Sonny Michelle basically disappeared. I think Sonny Michelle has played well enough and we're closer to the end of the season where much in the same way that Green Bay is looking toward the postseason, wanting to make sure Aaron Jones is there. The Rams will try to protect Darrell Henderson a little bit, and I think Sonny Michelle is going to get a decent snap count. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I agree with your statement that they like to go with a guy. Um, so it, it feels like it's a 18 carries for Henderson, five carries for Michelle. Um, in part, I think they're. I think the feeling is is we think Henderson is better than Michelle, so therefore we'll play Michelle or play Henderson. But we're also confident in Michelle. So if something happens to Henderson, we feel like we've got a guy we can just plug and play and be just about as effective. But as we're trying to make our way towards the playoffs, we want to play our best players. And they're going against the number one seed right now in Arizona. So I, you know, I think McVeigh plays his plays his studs. He goes fantasy and plays his studs. Arizona is also dealing with what looks like going to be a backfield split with Chase Edmonds tracking to return. Matt, what do you think the split will be in Arizona? I think it's going to be back similar to to what we've seen before. James Conner is the better power runner and is more of the red zone goal line guy. And Chase Edmonds is more of a gadget weapon and a passing game player. And I think they will both have fantasy value. I don't know if Edmonds has that much fantasy value this week. I feel like the Cardinals um, – a routine in what Edmonds has been out, what, six weeks, seven weeks? He's been out. Uh, no, he got hurt the same time as Kyler Murray. Five, yeah. I think, right? I think it's yeah. five. So but they had a bye, so he missed four games. So oh, yeah, okay. I, 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 Connor had showed that he could carry the load, that he could do the work. I, I think that, you know, I'm still expecting a big game from Connor. I think Edmonds. You're kind of hoping he catches enough passes that he gets into the end zone. 
Yeah, I would definitely believe a little bit more in Connor still because of the way they use him in the red zone. Uh, but with that being said, I'm going to take the Rams. I think Stafford and McVay are slowly starting to figure this out and get a big win against the top seed in the NFC and their NFC West rivals. I'm going with the Cardinals. I am also taking the Rams. All right, so that will do it for us today. Everybody, enjoy your weekends. We will be back on Monday to recap everything that happened in Week 14 and start getting everybody ready for the playoffs already. 2021 Fantasy Football Playoffs are here. Good luck. Hope everybody brings home that win to secure yourself a playoff spot, a buy, whatever it is you need. I hope that you get it. We will talk to you guys again soon. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there.